Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. We go through life trying to find the best, best path for us, trying to make the best decisions for us, the ones that will, will, the ones that will give us the best return and have the least amount of pain. We don't want, we don't like pain. We don't like going through anything. We don't like agony. We don't like it. We don't like any of that. Right? So we try our best to make the best decisions for us. But God has a way that is already set for you. His way is perfection. His way goes beyond our wildest belief. All we got to do is let go of the wheel. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, once again, I want to welcome everybody that's here. And welcome also our online community that is gathering from all around the world. Thank you guys for your faithful listening and your faithful viewing uh, from wherever you are and however you're listening or watching. Thank you for being a part of the service today. And I pray, we pray that you guys are really being blessed. All right. Well, today we're going to go into the next part of our uh, rediscovering the kingdom, rediscovering the kingdom. And I think we we looked at a few things on last week and uh, we're going to go forward. And I, I love I, I saw this. I think somebody showed this to me after service uh, last week. If you look at the banner behind me, well, you can't see this week, but it said rediscovering the kingdom. Uh, and if you look at that word rediscovering it says, red is covering. Red is covering. The blood, red, of course, the, cover, the color of the blood. The blood is covering us. We are rediscovering the kingdom. Now, this is such a very, very uh, powerful message, and I pray that you really grab hold to it. Last week, we talked from the subject of no more worry. Oh, my God. No more worry. The Father does not desire you to live your life in worry. And we're going to see a lot of that here in Matthew, the sixth chapter, as we get to it. No more worry. Now, let me revisit that just for a moment, because worry is actually when we give way to anxiety or unease, you have to think on things. Basically, you think about stuff you cannot control. And you keep thinking about stuff you can't control. You can't do anything about it. And when you ponder on that, when you dwell on that, worry is the end result. So the Father does not want us to uh, meditate and wonder on stuff you can't control. He wants you to give it over to him. We talked about that last week, that there is a certain point that we can all get to. Uh, things that we can do, things that we can say. Uh, to help the situation. But after you've talked and after you've done all that you can do, you have to stand in faith. So at that point, we talked about the crossroads. Let me go over that just for a second. We talked about the crossroads. And I even drew you a picture last week. I drew, drew you a picture. Right? There's a certain point where you have to stop. After you've done all you can do, you've talked to you blue in the face or brown in the face or pink in the face. You've done all you can do, and you know that you've done all that you can do. You can't do anymore. Amen. You've given as much as you can give. You have no more money to put into this. Whatever you can do, you've done it. Yes. After that point, you have to stop. Yes. 
you have to stop and just begin to give God the praise and stand in faith, knowing that he has taken care of this thing. If you go forward, if you go forward from that point, all you got then is worry and anxiety. You got fear and all of those negative emotions. You can either move forward toward God in praise and in faith, or you can move toward the devil, the kingdom of darkness, in worry and in fear and anxiety, and it begins to break you down. Amen. Worry tears you down. But faith and praise, as you wait on the Lord, builds you up. And the Lord will strengthen you. You're going to come to that crossroad, and we've all been there before, when you have to make that decision. Say with me, no more worrying. I will not worry about it. Things I can't control. I will do my best. And I will leave the rest to the Lord. That's what you got to do. Are you hearing? You can't grow tall about worrying about it. You can't change anything by worrying about it. You're not going to make the situation better by worrying about it. You're going to have to just give that thing to the Lord and praise him. Now, again, after you've done all you can do, you've thought about it, you've talked about it, you've gotten counsel on it, you've done everything you know to do. After that point, you're going to have to give that thing to the Lord. Scripture says plainly, having done all to stand, having done all to stand, then you stand. Okay, if you can do something about it, do it. But if you can't do anything about it, give that thing to the Lord and declare his word over that and just start praising God. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, what if God doesn't come through? Well, let me tell you this. I would rather live in faith than die in doubt. I would rather live trusting God than live a life of worry and fear. I've tried that. It doesn't work. I would rather walk in faith and believe what the Lord said. Trust in his word. Amen. Turn to your name and tell him you're going to have to trust him. Hallelujah. So we've been saying no more toil. Say with me, no more toil, no more struggle. I receive the kingdom of God. Okay, and we'll discover that in the kingdom of God, basically, the Lord wants to take care of you. He wants to take care of you. And it's hard for us to adjust our thinking for that, to let Father take care of you. Let me give you an example of that. Just recently, uh, there is a car wash in Carrollton, and I've never been to it before. It was the automated car wash. Maybe some of you have. But um, this is my first time going through this thing. And I said, uh, you know, my car is dirty. And uh, I said, I need a wash, Stan. And I just didn't have the time to go and, and wash my car. So I decided to go through this, um, this automated um, car wash thing. And so I put my money in the, in the little slot thing there. Went around and, and the technicians uh, told me, all right, now put your car in neutral. I said, okay, don't touch the wheel. Huh? Okay, won't touch the wheel. Take your foot off the brake. Okay, what now? <laughs> take your foot off the brake, sir. Don't touch the wheel. Uh, the machine is going to take your car into the car wash. Hmm, all right, I'm getting uneasy here. I'm getting, okay, fine, fine, fine. And so here we go. As I'm sitting here, all of a sudden I feel, oh, okay, it's got me now. 
the machine that's got me. And so I'm going, going into this car wash now, and all of a sudden, all this soap and suds began to come on my windshield and my side, my side windows and my back windows, and I can't see anything, Miss Perlene. And so here's this thing. They told me to put my car in neutral, not to touch the steering wheel, and don't put your foot on the brake. But my car is moving forward, and I can't see where I'm going. <laughs> it was a bit unnerving. I knew there was a car in front of me, and I'm, I'm praying, Lord, don't let this car hit this car in front of me. <laughs> but you know what? I said, okay, I'm going to relax. I'm going to relax and just enjoy it. I saw the pretty colors. I thought if something happened, then I'm going to have to sue them for doing this. But I'm all right. I'm just going to relax and enjoy this. Being out of control. And really, that's the key to destroying worry. Letting God take the wheel. Taking your foot off of the brake and letting him steer you, letting him, letting him control the ride. It's unnerving when we're out of control. We love to be in control. We like to know when the money's going to be there. We like to know uh, uh, what we're going to do and, and what we're going to do, what we have to do, what we have to say. We like to know all of it. We like to be in control. We like control. We like to be in control. And so it's unnerving for us for God to say, let go. Let me have it. Let me handle it. This is one reason why the Lord told us, and uh, we'll look at this. Let's go back to, uh, let's go back to, yes, let's go back to the book of Mark for a moment. Let's go to Mark 1, Mark 1, verse, 20, verse 14 and 15. Mark 1, verse 14 and 15. I love the book of Mark for a lot of reasons. Well, must, okay, my name's in the Bible. Okay, how? <laughs> Mark 4, verse, chapter 1, verse 14 says this. It says, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching, what? The gospel of the kingdom of God. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Then it says, then he says, what? Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now we've read this before, but some things we got to go over and over and over again. So I ask you for your patience. The Lord says, repent. Now repent is something that we have to do. God is not going to repent for you. Repent meaning change your mind, change the way of thinking. Remember in the very beginning when Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden before the fall, God was taking care of them. Their main focus was on doing the Father's will, tending to the garden, naming the animals, and just keeping the order. But after the fall of man, now, Adam, you got to work, you got to toil, and you got to struggle because you've lost the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. Now you're going to serve under the kingdom of darkness because you let go of the control. You let Satan have the control. And so man has been trying ever since to run his life, to, to be self-ruled. And one thing that you will discover, and we'll, we'll go into this, my God, there's so very much. 
The kingdom of God is, is not a democracy. We live in a democracy where the people, you know, the government is by the people, for the people. We vote to say what we want to happen. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. But usually that's how it works, right? Democracy, everybody has a say in it. There's a rule, there's a law that you don't like in government, then we all just, we all go up and say, you know, whatever, 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 I want this and that, and you know, we, we may pick it or whatever, and then eventually, enough noise, maybe they'll make some changes, right? That's a democracy. That's what man wants. But the kingdom, the king's word is law. You don't get a word with the king. I mean, you don't change his mind. When you enter the, his kingdom, you do what he says. Now, because of, because of man's fallen nature, we don't like that. God would now. Can we talk about this for a second, God? Can we talk about this for a second? Can we? Okay, you said don't do this, but you know it feel mighty good. Can we talk about this? What are we trying to do? We're trying to change his mind. But you know you can't change his mind. The king in the kingdom, the laws are set. The rules are set. We do what he wants. We become his citizens. We become his people. When you're born of God, when you're born again, when the blood of Jesus washed your soul, made you completely clean, now Jesus becomes your Lord. Not only your Savior, but your Lord and your King. Now what he say goes, what he says goes. I know it's a hard pill to swallow. But this is why we have to pray. Uh, even in the book of James, the Lord says uh, that we have to submit ourselves, therefore, unto God and resist the devil and he will flee from us. Even, even in Romans, the 12th chapter, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right. And be not conformed to this world, but to be but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's what he wants. We go through life trying to find the best best path for us, trying to make the best decisions for us. The ones that will well, the ones that will give us the best return and have the least amount of pain. We don't want we don't like pain. We don't like going through anything. We don't like agony. We don't like it. We don't like any of that. Right. So we try our best to make the best decisions for us. But God has a way that is already set for you. His way is perfection. His way goes beyond our wildest belief. All we got to do is let go of the wheel. And let the Lord have it. How many times have you hit the brake? <laughs> oh, Lord, this is this is too much. This is too much. Lord, this, this thing <laughs> hit the brake. I got to hit the brake. Oh, this is too much. The Lord said, I got you. Take your hands off of the wheel. Let me care for you. He tried to tell us that over in Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my I shall not want. The shepherd provides. The shepherd leads. The shepherd directs. You never see a sheep saying, bah, I don't want to go over there. Bah, let me go over here. Bah. Oh, however sheep talk. You got what I'm saying. We, be, we are led by his will. We are led by his spirit. 
led by his spirit. How many of you can testify, I've tried my own way and it doesn't work? It doesn't work. We have to let go of the wheel. The windshield is going to be soapy. And you're not going to be able to see. And you're going to be scared. But you got to trust that the Lord has you and focus on what he wants you to do. And he's taking you to where you got to go. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look. So the Lord says here, first thing he tells us to do is we got to repent. We got to change our mind, change our thinking. And that is a process. That is a shown up process. Because we've been used to holding that steering wheel. <laughs> right. We've been, we've been used to doing that and holding that and keeping that and saying what goes and what does not go. But in order for us to flow in the spirit, we have to let him handle it and give him praise and glory and honor. When you feel worry, what are you doing? You're holding the steering wheel again. You're trying to control something, trying to manage something that is beyond your power. You can't do it. Let go. Turn to your name and tell him, let go. Let the Lord take care of you. Let him take care of you. Because when he takes care of you, he's going to supply everything you need. That's why he says again, we got to repent, Shekinah. We got to, because it's hard for us to flip that switch. It's hard. We want to be involved. We want to do this. We want to do that. We want to. But the Lord says, uh-uh. He says, the time has now come. Man, you've been struggling. You've been worrying. You've been toiling. But now, Jesus, I, I, I'm here, the Lord said. I'm here. The kingdom is at hand. And it's responsibility of the king under, under a democracy. Everybody, I mean, the, the government may provide things for people to have their own jobs and make their own way and provide education. It's really up to everybody in a democracy to, to try to do what you can do. Get the education that you can get and, and, and make your own way and hopefully you do well. But in a kingdom, a king takes care of its citizens. The king is responsible for the welfare of the people. The king is. And the glory of a kingdom is how well the citizens are. If you go to someone's kingdom, even in today, if, you know, maybe Great Britain, but it's not so much ruled by the kingdom, kings anymore, a queen, Queen Elizabeth is there, long live the queen. But the king, a kingdom is really seen in how well the people are. If the people are impoverished, the king is not looked too well upon. The kingdom is not doing too well. When, when its citizens are poor and they're sickly and this and that and the other, the kingdom has a bad reputation and the king has a bad reputation. But so it's, respons it's the responsibility of the king to take care of his citizens. And the king will make sure that the kingdom, that everybody in there has what they need to fulfill his will. You got me? There's a whole lot we're going to get into as we go into that. So Luke 17 says, again, if we look at Luke 17, 
verse 21, the Lord says here, he said, neither shall, uh, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. He's talking about, he said, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. He says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that it is near. And then he says the kingdom of God is within you. And we know also from Romans, the 14th chapter, Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it is what? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, here's one thing I want you to know. I mean, there's so much. Jesus only talked about being born again one time. And that was to Nicodemus at night. Think about that for a moment. Only one time. And that was to one man at night. Now, he did mention several other places that if you don't believe in him, he said, if you don't believe me, you will die in your sins. That he, in fact, is the Messiah, is the way to God. But his main focus, or should I say one of his main focus uh, for coming, of course, salvation is a part of that because you cannot enter the kingdom of God without being saved. But the main focus of the Lord Jesus Christ when he came was to restore the kingdom of God. That's why he said, repent. The kingdom has come. The kingdom could not come without the king. Now we'll see this here. Once you see this here also, let's look at Luke 4, Luke 4, verse 43. You can make note of this or you can uh, just write it down later if you want to. Uh, Luke 4, verse 43. And this really talks about uh, his mission. Look at this. He said, and he said, Unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. Why, Jesus? Why must you preach the kingdom of God? Help me. What does he say? For therefore am I sent. Yes, he was sent to heal, heal us, deliver us, to cleanse us of our sins and to, to wash them away, to break this satanic hold and all of that. But all that's a part of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom of God. Because this is why I'm sent. In the kingdom of God is everything you need. In the kingdom of God is all the power we need in order to do the job successfully that the Lord has called us to do. Matter of fact, let's look at Matthew 4. Look at Matthew 4. Matthew 4, verse 23. Matthew 4, verse 23 says this. And Jesus went about all Galilee, what? Teaching in their synagogues and what? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what happened? And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Because when the kingdom of God comes, uh, when heaven's rule comes, all these other things have to go. Light and darkness cannot abide in the same places. You're going to have one or you're going to have the other, but you can't have them both. Jesus came to reestablish the kingdom of God, the kingdom that Adam and Eve lost in the beginning now is restored to those who are in the body of Christ. He came to restore the kingdom of God. Now, again, so the kingdom of God is all that you need. It's all that you need. Now, to that end, we go back into the book of Matthew. And I want to show you some things here. Because the Lord talks about those two kingdoms here in Matthew. We, we're going to be here until we finish with it. But look again at Matthew, uh, the sixth chapter, verses one through 
8. I want to show you this one more time, then we're going to go further today. Y'all getting anything out of this today? I know I'm not jumping and shouting all over the place and, hmm, Lord, today. But you're going to have to hear and understand. You get me? Look at Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew 6. Because what I'm telling you is that everything that you have need of will be supplied to you. You find this in Matthew, the Lord says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. That's true because you're in the kingdom. Now, it's possible for you to be born again and still walk in darkness. It is possible for you to do that if you don't understand what rights you have as uh, being a citizen of the kingdom of God, because the Lord has already supplied everything. You're going to have to take your hands off of the wheel. Focus on what he wants. Focus on your assignment and you'll find out that all these things are added unto you. Seeking the kingdom of God, seeking how it operates, how to relate to it and live righteously. And you'll find that everything that you've been toiling for and struggling for and worrying about is simply added. Added to you. Look at this. Look at Matthew 6, verse 1. Say again, the Lord says here, uh, take heed that that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward. Say no reward of your father, which is in heaven. He says, verse number two, therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their what? Reward. But when thou doest alms, uh, when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, I want to show you this. The father wants to give you open rewards. Say open rewards. Now, I'm telling you this prophetically, and I'm telling you this is actually how it is. You can live your life with open rewards. And the Lord will say this, say this as we go on down further. He's going to say this multiple times. But this is one thing that we have not caught a hold of. And I pray that you do today, that you'll catch a hold of this today. God wants to give you open rewards. Now, open rewards are definitely answers to your prayers. But it's more than that. Open rewards are opportunities. It's favor. It's the hand of God going before you every day. Let me say that again. Open rewards are opportunities, favor, the hand of God going before you every day. One more time. Open rewards are opportunities, favor, the hand of God going before you every day. The father making things happen for you. Making things happen for you, pushing things away from you, keeping you safe and protected, causing your enemies to bow down before you. It is the hand of God going before you every day. Now, we have given tithe and offerings. We have prayed, but we have not fully walked in open reward. Now, what the father says today is that you have to expect to operate in open rewards.
Now, you cannot operate in an open reward if you're still um, under the influence of the kingdom of darkness. The Lord tells you here, he says, when you do your own, when you give your tithe and offerings, um, don't let everybody know what you're doing. You don't have to tell them, hey, y'all, today I'm giving $100 an offering plate. Look at me. Look at what I did. Yeah, the Lord says, verily, you have your reward. That's all you're going to get. You'll get no reward from the Father. You can give either through the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. So look at this one more time. He says in verse number four, he says um, that, that thine alms may be in secret. That's why we give you envelopes. You can give online. You can keep those things in secret. You don't tell everybody what you're doing. He says that thine alms may be in, in secret. He says, and thy father, which seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. Now understand something. This is you and God working together. This is the word, this is the word and the way of the kingdom. You and God working together. You and your father working together. You do something, he does something. You do something, he does something. You're working together. You see this all through Matthew 6. You and God working together. Look up toward heaven and say, Father, it's you and me. Are you hearing? You and Father working together. All right. So the Father, verse 4 says he will reward you openly. Open reward. Say open reward. Look at verse 5. And when thou prayest, uh, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and this is one of my favorite verses. Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall what? Reward thee openly. The father said, you spend time with me, I will uh, give you an open reward. I will give you favor. I will give you opportunity. My hand will go before you daily. Favor, opportunity, my hand will go before you. So when we say, I don't have time to pray. I don't have, I don't have any money to give. What you're doing is you are now submitting yourself to the kingdom of darkness, to that darker kingdom, and you're living a life without open reward. Make sense? Make sense? Let's look a little bit further here. Uh, he said, the Father's going to reward you openly. Look at verse number seven. But when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. All right? Remember, the king is taking care of you, and the king is aware of your needs. Then the Lord tells us, this is how you're going to pray. In verse number nine, he says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, what? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Worship. This is how you pray. This is how you pray. The Lord said, worship the Father. Regardless of what's going on, let worship go forth out of you. Let worship go forth. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Look at the very next one. It says what? 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, if you get nothing else, please understand this on the verse, uh, understand uh, verses 9 and 10. Now, normally, when I have heard, when we have prayed in the past, let me say it that way. I say we as in a whole. When people go into prayer, they start off with their problems and they end with their problems. The main thing on their, in their prayer conversation is, God, help me. Help me do this. Help me get that. I need money for this or I need money for that. And once we have expressed all of our concern, we got it all out, then we say, man, well, I guess it's time for me to go. There's no open reward. Are you hearing? The Lord says, this is what you do. Because understand, regardless of what we're going through, the Father is still worthy of the praise, worthy of the glory, worthy of all the honor. He says, after you honor your father, so we honor father first. And I'm not sure how many times you've ever gone with somebody or, or you saw somebody coming and you saw them coming or you saw them on your phone and you knew all they wanted to do was complain or talk about things. You know, the first word out of their mouth was not going to be, hello, how you doing? How you do? How you feeling? You did, You know, I really love you and really appreciate you. You're just a wonderful person. They don't want to talk about how good you are and how good you've been to them and so forth and so on. All they want to talk about is what's going on. You got me? But we, we tend to do that. Sometimes we need venting partners, venting people. Anybody need somebody? Sometimes it's good to have somebody to vent to. I want to see a few hands in here. God help you. God help the rest of you. Sometimes you need somebody to vent to, somebody to, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. We need to let it off, let off the steam, let off the pressure. Hallelujah. But that should be sometime, not all the time. You got me? Igera got me. She got me. But the Lord said, when you go in your prayer time, worship the Father. Honor him. And then he tells us something very important. Verse number 10, he says, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This is what he's telling us to pray. Now, when we pray, when you, when you see the word earth there, and we've said this before, but I need to bring it back up again. When you see, see the word earth, that's talking about you. It's talking about you. Yes, the planet. Yes, we want God's will to be done on the planet, but listen, it won't be done on the planet unless it's done in us. When you change, the atmosphere around you will change. The devil can't ride your back when you're, when you're standing straight up. Got me? We're praying, God, let your kingdom order come in this earth, in me. Your will be done in me. Just like it is in heaven, let that be in me. Just like it's there, let it be here. You're praying that heaven be revealed in you. Whatever's going on up there, let that be happening in me. You got that? So we're praying, God, let your will come. See, that's another, another thing of letting go of the will. Not my will, but thy will be done. Letting go of the will. 
Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in me. Again, we spend the majority of our prayer time talking about our will. What we want to happen. And what Jesus is doing is trying to tell us how to have an open reward. How to have the Father's favor go before you. How to have these godly opportunities happen before you. How to have the hand of God going before you every day, crushing things, crushing things, opening doors that, that, that have been shut. Everything that is needed, the Father's hand goes before you. Open reward. So he gives us this pattern for an open reward. Are you hearing me? Now you can choose now. You can choose you can still be born again. You can still go to heaven. You can still go to heaven and not do this. Jesus can be your Lord and Savior and you not do this. You not pray. You can just pray worry prayers for the rest of your life and then go to heaven. But again, I don't want to live in hell and then go to heaven. Especially when Jesus said, I'm giving you the opportunity to live in heaven now, to experience heaven now. A release of the glory of God, the favor of God, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord right now, regardless of the circumstances around you. Got me? That's kingdom. That's kingdom. So the Lord says again, this is how you pray. Thy kingdom, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in me, in earth, in me. And if it's done in all of us, and let's say in our little town here, if all the 6,000 people here or whatever all around us, if we're all praying, God, let your kingdom come, your will be done in us as it is in heaven, guess what happens to our town? Our town is transformed. Let's take it even closer. If everybody that live in your house say that, your home is transformed. If everybody that works with you on your job, God help them. If all of them say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in me. Let heaven be revealed in me. Then your workplace is transformed. Right? There'll be time to, play, to pray for the flowers and the trees and the, and the birds and the bees and the dirt. Right now he's talking about you. If the will of God is done in you, It'll be done everywhere else. Got me? We're going to have to close. Let's go to verse 11. It says, um, give, give the Lord. Now he says, talking about us again, give us this day and daily bread. And here's a conversation between you and father again. You're doing something. He's doing something. Now he's saying, talk to me about what you need. Now he's saying, talk to me about what, about what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's not a long conversation. Because this is really not talking about money and stuff. This is talking about a word from God for you today. Give me, tell me what I need to know today. What is the word that you have on your heart for me today? What is my daily assignment? What have you called me to do today? What have you called me to do today? Because I'm telling you, as we just let go and let him have it, everything you need, it's added to you. The wisdom you need, the comfort you need, everything is, will be added to you. If you just trust in him, you don't have to struggle. You don't have to toil. You don't have to do that. You, all you have to do is let it go and release it to the Lord. Do all you can do and then release it to the Lord. You're going to have to let go of the wheel. 
Let go of the wheel and believe in him. So he says, after that, he says, give us this day our daily bread. And then after that, he begins to talk about our sins. After all of this other, we've been just praying. Then we go down. He says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Also, uh, in other uh, versions or other uh, gospels, it says, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Letting it go. Letting go of people's junk, people's sins. And let him go of your sins, giving them all to God. Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I think we're going to stop there today. There is so much more I want to give you. You can believe that. That's on the heart of the Father to release to you. But understand today that there is an open reward that is available to you. And I see this, Gwen. It's like I see this now as a, like as some big department store and someone has made a purchase for you and it's there at the customer service in the back. But we've been going in a store buying stuff, but it's it's already back there. You just have to pick it up. There are open rewards that the Lord has already pe- already prepared for, uh, prepared for you. It's already waiting for you, but you have to believe him and you have to receive it. It's been written in the Bible. And now the Lord said it is time for him to reveal to you this open reward. How do I get an open reward, Lord? He goes on and he tells you here. He says, when you give your alms, give it in secret. Your father's going to reward you openly. When it's time to pray, go by yourself somewhere, whether it's in your car, in your closet, somewhere by yourself. And you spend time with the father. Spend time with him. You pray. You pray in the spirit. You pray the word of God. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Just spend that time with him. And the Lord said, when you go out of that time, begin to expect open rewards. Begin to expect him to open uh that he will open doors for you, that he will give you opportunities and wisdom and his hand of favor will go before you every single day. But if we say, I don't have any money to give, I don't have any time to pray, then you will live life without the reward of heaven, making your life harder than it should have been. Let the Lord have the will. Let him have the will. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the words you've given us today. Lord, I do pray that you would continue to encourage your people and that you would uh, continue to minister to them and teach them the words that, uh, that you have in your Bible. Lord, that you would open up your word to them. And Lord, that you would give them even this day they were their daily bread. Give them this day their assignment and things that you call them to do. And I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. You are a faithful king. And that you will always provide for your people. You're a faithful father. You'll provide for your children. You will add everything to us that we have need of. All you've got to do is seek your kingdom and your righteousness. Live righteously. And Lord, you'll add everything to us that we need. Lord, I thank you today for what you're doing and for what you've done. And we release this word to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's give the Lord another hand of praise. Hallelujah. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. 
Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.